My guest this week is a musician turned tech entrepreneur and a Londoner who's made his home in Japan. His business, Blaircast, aims to make equally dramatic changes in the music industry. He says it will, quote, empower artists and content creators to own and monetize their data through simple and elegant solutions that harness the power of Bitcoin. He is Shem Booth Spain. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. So Shem, thank you very much for doing this interview. I think you've just come back from Japan to your native London, and you're here to talk about Blaircast. For those who don't know, give me a quick thumbnail of what Blaircast is. So Blaircast is a, a Web3-based music distribution platform um, that enables artists to be able to release their content, and also it serves uh, labels as well. We'll go into that in a bit of detail in a minute, but I'd just like to ask you about your background, which is in London as a musician. Done a range of different music, guitar, piano, singer-songwriter, producing songs, um, learned guitar at an early age, around 13, and always loved creating music, different kinds of music from traditional rock and roll all the way to electronic uh, music, lots of kind of uh, projects around London, um, very much kind of independent musician unsigned. So I understand the, the kind of challenges that musicians would have in the context of self-distribution. And for me, that I think there's a big link between the use case of blockchain for music and arts. And I think that's been scratched only the tip when it comes to blockchain applications in the, the arts. So, so when you first heard about blockchain, which was quite a long time ago, I think, wasn't it? 2014, I heard about BTC, and I actually, when we released an album in a band that I was in called Singing Pictures, we inscribed a message onto the BTC blockchain. And I remember paying £2.50 to some developer. I said, oh, can you scribe this message? You know, the Singing Pictures release our new album, www.singingpictures.com. And I, I, I was starting to think at that point already about the storage of data on the blockchain, and that was BTC where we can only put a teeny tiny amount of data on chain. Fast forward to 2019, the restoration of BS, uh, the original Bitcoin protocol on Bitcoin Satoshi's vision. Maybe it's 2019 that we did the community operation data blast, which was where we was historically putting different types of data on the BSV blockchain. So I think that's actually a very interesting story of how now we understand Bitcoin in a lot bigger viewpoint than just inscribing little bits of information. You know, ordinals is a, a craze at the moment. But I mean, so your focus was as a musician, but it's a big switch to then devote yourself to creating an app, Blaircast, on the blockchain. I mean, was that yeah. a difficult decision to make? No, no, because I, I, my passion is, I, I've always loved technology, I've, you know, be it... Um, I've always thought of arts as media, visual media, audio media, kinesthetic media, virtual reality environments, synesthesia, which is the mixing of the modalities of the senses, right? But I also see how technology can empower creative content and creators, yeah? And, and for me, Bitcoin is a medium. And, and, uh, you know, and our understanding is growing of what we conceive Bitcoin to be able to do. Dr. Wright famously said, Bitcoin is everything, right? It could be used for anything. You know, obviously you don't want to do Bitcoin for Bitcoin's sake, 
you know, in a business or application, but I do think there's use cases to it, yeah. Okay, so let's get back to Blaircast. What stage have you reached with that and what's what's it going to do? So Blaircast, we're really proud of what we're working on. We've got an incredible team and the, the supporters that we've had backing us has been absolutely mind-blowing. Because um, you've had investment from yeah, Calvin Air. Yeah, from Air, Air Ventures. And um, so we, we've got a iOS app, Android app that's currently being finalized in the bug testing. We're trying to get it really watertight so that it's a really intuitive, useful, playable, enjoyable experience. So, so if the, I download that, what will I be able to do with it? So you, you can listen to music, the ability for listeners to be able to pay instantly to the music they consume, which is a real innovation within the music industry because you know, it can take between two months to two years to get paid, yeah, through the traditional DDEX music system, right? And, and, and that can be sped up without disruption of the industry itself, yeah? So I think there's a big misdemeanor with often crypto and blockchain, particularly from the crypto legacy era of where people say, oh, we're going to disrupt everything. We're, we're going to, you know, that's, that's going to go. You know, I think that's a bit aggressive. You know, I think there's a middle way. So you can, can run in parallel with it. Yeah, I, th I think that, you know, Bitcoin is a technology of empowerment. And Bitcoin, just as you don't know what the protocol running behind your email, we've both got email accounts, right? I, I didn't check my protocol this morning on my email. Did you, Charles? Yeah. Uh, probably not. But what we did do is we wanted something useful to communicate to our colleagues, friends, loved ones, yeah, and... Look at the the simplicity and and uh, economic unlocking that that simply email was done. But, but how are you going to get the music onto your onto Blaircast? How will you persuade musicians to to take part? I, I think there's, there's 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 two ways. But I think what's more important is why. Why do musicians? What do musicians and rights holders need? They need fast payment, honest payment, true payment. And secure payment. Those are the things that, and and that affects positively the big rights holders from the famous names and the heroes that we all know, all the way to the budding independent musicians that are passionate and are looking to get their their music out but there. To get big names, will you approach record companies or? Absolutely, we've got quite a dynamic strategy um, that's that our team are engaging in. So and. I think the, the key thing is is the message that people are going out to potential partners in this industry. People don't want to know about the technology. Technology is boring. It's about why. Why is this technology useful? Why is it important to a prospective partner or client? How is it going to help them? What's the applicability of it? So they can see the benefits so of it. the music industry won't see this as a threat, you think? I think they... I, it's it's very difficult difficult to pin it down because this is a dynamic huge market that is is you know has gone through several titanic situations from piracy where no one was getting paid Napster. and yeah the Napster era then we got Spotify era and Spotify did a good job because they're Web two and they provided you know if it weren't for them it probably would be a very different history where we are right now. And now we've got these emergent technologies of Web3 that are or Web 2.5, however you want to judge it, where we peer-to-peer -peer payments, NFTs, music fungible tokens, the ability to be to, to have new revenue models that unlock 
from the data of the music industry. There's so many business use cases, but it's going to take time for the, for the percolation of business ideas from startups to actually make transformational on the ground change because it's such a massive industry that's monolithic, you know. But if I download the Blaircast app mm -hmm. and I want to listen to some music, will I be making a micro payment on BSV to, yeah. to hear it? And so, so, so therefore, will I need to have acquired a BSV wallet and some put some money in it and, and that sort now of this thing? Now, is, this is, that's a really interesting question you're saying there. And I think this is one of the things that is a reoccurrent theme in many Bitcoin BSV startups. Are we using Bitcoin as the fundamental... Uh, money of the platform, or are we not? How does those two effects? Mm. You know, it, is Mister and is you know someone's Ma and Pa going to use Bitcoin in their app? And what do you what do you say? What do I say? I I, I think there's different use cases. I think for the the average consumer um, are used to digital wallets. If you look at Asia and China and the proliferation of uh, digital uh, monetary based fiat wallets. Everyone's using them. So mm. PayPay, um, Alaba, you know, all those kind of companies, right? So people are used to digital payments, but I just think that the, the crypto 12 seed words or the, that kind of thing, I think it's very problematic as a consumer entry point because it's, it's technological debt. Yeah. So, so how will the Blair cost user negotiate the, that? Then? Well, I, I, believe, I believe in a world where, and this is just my personal opinion, but I think multiple tokens, multiple currencies, any fiat currency, so that whatever the consumer wants to pay, there's a seamless choice to do that. Right. So if I wanted to pay in, in UK in, in pounds. Yeah, pound, GBP, if you wanted to pay in yen, if you wanted to pay in, uh, I don't know, moon token. So I'd need, to put some, <laughs> I'd need to put some of my local currency into a wallet and then transfer that. For Blair cost? Yeah. Yeah, so Blaircast uses uh, traditional on-ramps and off-ramps as well as multi-fiat, multi multi-crypto. And I think that's the key because then you're catering for any different kind of audience from around the world. Well, you've been involved in this world, as you said, for quite a few years now. Um, let's just broaden this out a bit. What, what do you, where do you think we've got to in, in the evolution of well, for, first of all, the incredible people in the BSV space and humbling to learn and listen all the time. And for me to watch uh, this ecosystem grow to a professional, you know, we're in this beautiful four-story. Right. So we're just for the people who don't know, we're, we're recording this at the London Blockchain Conference um, in a huge venue. Yeah, exactly. a huge yeah. venue. And, and that progression of, of, and seeing startups, people with ideas and people with that camaraderie of, uh, of helping one another, of trying to get other people's success is a shared success. And I, I think what's really inspiring for me is, is the visionary leaders out there, the visionary people that do it every day. And I kind of look at them and think, oh, you know, I like their opinion. That's a good way I of mean, looking at it. I don't want to right? pour cold water on your enthusiasm, yeah. but we have had conferences like this for the last certainly five years when I've been involved. And there's always been this sort of enthusiasm and they've, they've got bigger and more confident each time. But somehow that kind of breakthrough moment hasn't quite occurred. Would yeah, you say? I... I I, I agree with your sentiment there. I think I think what everyone's waiting for is the unicorn to break the dam right. down. Exactly. And and I think there was a great comment by a chap. I think it was Joshua Hensley. He did a video and he was talking about where's the product. You know, everyone's everyone's trying to make great products, and what we need are great, tangible, 
physical products that, that get into people's hands that are not just for crypto people or Bitcoin people that unlock use cases. And I think, you know, it's, it's a race where, you know, the, the daily challenges of, of building a project from inception to, to fruition is an incredible, you know, it's never a straight line, right? No, <laughs> but I mean, you... so all of this is happening across the ecosystem. Yeah. So I, I think you, you got to put it in perspective and be like, well, you know, we're we're reinventing the internet here. It's not going to happen. But I mean, you, you're you're an example of somebody who's an entrepreneur who's mm. getting investment for your idea. You're developing it, but I mean, how long can you go on before you start? seeing some income and some sales from your well that, that's that that is the ultimate goal of any business project is to generate revenue and to generate a stable income for the business and and i think that's where it comes back to the key point which is product you know if you've got a great product and you're you know there's meticulously overkill on developing a product but it's making sure you've got a product that works but what do you, what do you say to your investors don't worry we'll be have sales of half a million next year or what <laughs> don't don't think anyone should be saying that <laughs> no, i mean just in general terms i mean is there sales income on the horizon in any way well um well, no, because we're not launched yet. But, no, but I but, mean, you've got a, a plan. Absolutely. I, I think if anyone didn't have a plan, there'd be cause for concern. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, our objective is to build a stable business that's going to income artists and reach people all around the world, you know. And what we're trying to build here isn't just a, a small little platform. You know, we're talking Kubernetes clusters, horizontal scaling, half a million users, day one, iOS, Android app. We're talking about trying to develop uh, an ecosystem that's modular that allows the plugging in and, and taking apart of different BSV platforms within the overall ecosystem itself. So we're trying to build something that's got longevity. And I think that we've got that. And I, I think a modular approach to building an application is probably a, a better approach than just building a singular concept in the platform, in the DNA of the platform, and then you're stuck. Whereas if you've got a modular uh, configuration of the platform, you're able to plug in the best technologies as they emerge. So is it a bit annoying when somebody like me comes along and says, well, it's never annoying, so Charles. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, investors must be impatient. Uh, I mean, I think this is a sort of regular thing with startups that, that, that the founder sort of just has to say, hang on, we're almost there. We want to yeah. do it right. And we want to, we want to not launch before I we're think, ready and all that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. I think every, every founder, you know, I hope so, you know, from what, what I see is you, you want to, you want to create something that works and you, you want to give back to the people that believed in you and to be able to have, you know, you said, "What? Well, what would you do if if it if it did well?" I think I'd be doing this forever. You know, I'm not going to give up. You know, no. And uh, and I don't think I think that mental tenacity to keep going through thick and thin is 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 part of the exhilarating experience and uh, growth growth experience, you know. That's what you've got to have. As Absolutely. But let's just talk a little bit about Japan, because you mentioned that, I mean, I know you, you live in Japan. Um, what's the, the BSV scene there? And, and 
what, what's the sort of cultural difference, perhaps, between what I'm familiar with in the UK or perhaps in the mm. United States? Japan is a very interesting place that I, th I believe that is ripe for blockchain um, adoption. The, the, the problem seems to have been is because of the crypto speculative bubbles, it's very damaged the notion of blockchain and Bitcoin SV, the original protocol, yeah? So I think that Japan, uh, Japanese, uh, from my little I understand from my experiences, and if I humbly sh should suggest, uh, just as anyone, I think, would be uh, watching someone else, you know, implement blockchain, did it work for them? Oh, that's worked for them. We're going to try it, yeah? Uh, no one wants to go out on a limb and try something that's too risky, or and especially with crypto having such a bad taste and l left that bittersweet pill. I, I think that you know many businesses and Japanese business people that I've met, they've tended to be like, you know, oh, so uh, show me when it works, show me right. the steam train. So you think the environment's actually harder in Japan? I, than, I, than... I would say and. I think it's a little meta metaphorical dam that once a few businesses start using it and showing, you remember that the Japanese took took a train and then recreated a mile train track and then they 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 absolutely put it all over the country. So when they see a technology that works and they can see the speed of the the they're they're going to completely. It's just a bullet train. Uh, no, I'm thinking of when the train, were, there was a guy that, that took a train over there in the 1800s and oh, okay. they basically took it apart and rebuilt it. And they, right. they basically reverse engineered the technology and they run some of the best trains in the world now. So it, Japan is is missing out and we're missing out on Japan, uh, the expertise of Japanese engineering in regards to blockchain and its application in business, technology and science. And I, I think that once some of the universities out there get to grips with the technology, Get, understand it, see it go with its speed. I think they're, they're going to be straight on it and understand, hang on a minute, this is the pedigree pinnacle of blockchain technology on planet Earth. We've got some ideas of our own now. We can use this technology, yeah? And I, I think that that's going to be the security that comes from knowing others who have utilized it. Oh, there's that business over there. They've been using it for X, Y, Z. That looks great. That looks safe. That That's nothing to do with crypto. But there are... Quite a few BSV people based in based there is in some Japan, geniuses over there, and 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 it's conglomerating and coagulating together now. So do you is, meet up as a group? Or yeah, how does there's that work? there's a few little meetings. I mean, it's starting to get a bit more, and I think that it's going to be like a bit of a snowball that it gets going, and and, and yeah, and they're they're all OGs anyway. Those Japan. BSVers, they're the OGs as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Can I have your autograph? <laughs> <laughs> but and do you work with Japanese people as well as immigrants like yourself? Uh, not really, not really. But I do, I do know a load of Japanese people and musicians and artists, and their music in industry is really interesting and different, and uh, very colourful people. Yeah, what's the experts? What? Experts. That's all. I've got only great things, you know, to say. You know, every country has its ups and downs, its problems. You know. We're all human beings. I'm, yeah. I'm very interested in the Japanese engineering in, and masterfulness mindset with things and their approach to doing things. Yeah, yeah. What have, what's been your experience of the Japanese music scene? Oh, uh, colourful, uh, vibrant. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about the commercial scene and J-pop, uh, if, if we were talking about the exhilarating multi-subcultures genres 
you know, we 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 had Guns N' Roses and Def Leppard and Bon Jovi in the eighties and nineties, right? They, they've had this resurgent subculture emerge called hair metal, and it's just like all those bands have uh, have been recreated. And that's just one tiny. Their CD sales in Japan are going up. Oh, really? Yeah, because they've mastered the art of the product for the fan. You know, you open your CD up, you've got the golden ticket, mm. you've got the fan club. Do you want to go to a CD sign-in that's around the road? You know, here's your ticket for that too, you know. And and they've mastered this kind of 360 fan. It's incredible. Well, and Blaircast will take that to the next level. Then. Well, we, we, we want to help. We want to help artists. We want to show the Japanese music industry as well as other music industries. And buddy music, what about the un, unmusicked? We say the unbanked. <laughs> what about right. the unmusicked? <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, Shem, thank you so much. I really look forward to uh, downloading my Blaircast app as soon as I can. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Thanks very much to Shem Booth Spain. Next week, we'll be discussing legal matters with Marcin Zarakowski, an executive committee member at the Bitcoin Association. So please join Marcin and me next week. But until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.